are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Now I'm going to read from uh, the Ma- Matthew chapter 13 and speak to you a little bit tonight uh, as God helps me. Matthew chapter 13 Let me say to you before I read this blessed book that I've been reading for nearly 54 years, I believe this is the Bible, the Word of God. I believe right here before my face tonight is the Holy Book of God. And we say we believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible, and I do tonight. And this school is being founded upon the Bible. Upon thus saith the Lord, and God bless His holy word. I love to read it. I read the Bible till I get up courage enough to start preaching. And sometimes I read three or four chapters. Sometimes I read a whole book. I've been known to read and never preach at all. So I don't know what will happen tonight. But I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1. Will you give your attention to the reading of God's precious holy word? The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sore went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground. And brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Notice verse 9. Who hath ears to hear? That's spiritual ears. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. Now look at verse 18 and just another few verses. Here's the explanation of the great parable of the man who went forth to sow. Hear ye therefore, Jesus said, the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that receives the seed in the stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received seed into the good ground 
is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And I want to speak to you tonight about the sower who went forth to sow. Jesus spoke a parable unto them, the Bible said. I've, uh, someone has said there are 35 parables in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are 34, 35 parables in the four Gospels. But you know a parable is an earthly message with a heavenly meaning. And I would like for us tonight to see the heavenly meaning of this earthly parable that Jesus told. I think no matter how large the audience was that day when Jesus sat on the side of the mountain uh, and sat by the sea and spoke, there might have been hundreds, there might have been thousands. I do not know how many there were. But I do not believe there was one person in that whole audience who did not visualize what Jesus was saying. A man went forth to soul, and he told about how the seed fell in certain kinds of ground. I think everyone in that audience had seen some time in their life, they'd seen a man with seed in the seed bag, washing, walking across the fresh plowed soil, and sowing the seed with hope in his heart that it would bring forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirtyfold. I think everybody understood what Jesus is talking about. He said, if you sow seed, some of it's going to come up in good soil, and you're going to reap something good when you sow the good seed of the Word of God. I learn a lot from this parable, and I'm not smart. I'm still learning. But I think I learned something from this parable that a lot of folks have never yet learned. You know, some folks think you're going to get the whole world saved. And there's some people tonight try to tell us that most of the people in America have already been saved. I heard a preacher say 54% of the people in the United States of America are saved people. And we can elect if the Christians would vote all right, we could elect anybody we want to. I have news for that preacher. I have news for anyone that believes that America is a Christian nation. The Bible doesn't teach everybody's going to be saved. Thank God tonight the Lord did not give me the responsibility to save the world. He gave me the responsibility to evangelize the world. And that's what the people of God ought to be busy about tonight, is to evangelize this world for Jesus Christ. All are not going to be saved. We are called of God to evangelize the world. But I thank God tonight for the teaching of Jesus about sowing the seed. You know, Jesus just plainly taught, if you sow the seed, some are going to be saved. I don't care how many enemies there are against the gospel. I don't care how many liberals, how many modernists, how many unbelievers, how many devils in sheep's clothing. If we sow the seed, God said, some people are going to be saved if we sow the seed of the Word of God. You know, I like the teaching of Jesus. 
I think we're in a day when a lot of folks are trying to find something new. And I like the motto of whatever it is of this college being launched. Renew, remove not the ancient land, landmarks. You know, there's nothing new except what we discover newly in the Word of God. We don't need anything new. I, I thank God for the teaching of Jesus about how to do the work of Jesus. And that's what he's talking about right here. Some people are looking for some newfangled idea that's going to astound the world. That's not going to happen. We need to get back to the plain, old-fashioned teaching of the blessed Lord Jesus Christ, who, like the preacher said tonight, was full of knowledge and knew everything about sowing and reaping and doing the work of God. Thank God for the teaching of Jesus. You know, I like church truth. And I hear a lot of folks talking about church truth, church truth. I, I believe in the local church. I am a, a, a member of a local church. I believe in that, and I believe in church truth. And I believe the epistles are an, uh, are an expansion of the teaching of Jesus in the gospel. And church truth was founded by the one who founded the church. And we need the teaching of Jesus tonight. You know, it was Jesus who talked about, uh, first of all, the second birth. Jesus talked about being born again. Jesus it was who talked about sanctification and service and soul winning and the second coming and satisfaction and peace of heart. Oh, thank God tonight for the teaching of Jesus. And what we are reading tonight fell from the lips of the blessed Son of God who said, if you sow, you're going to reap some good uh, wherever the seed is sown. You're going to get some people saved. You know, I was raised on a farm. I probably, you already detected that. I'm a farm boy. I was raised on a little farm down north Alabama. I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I was raised in Alabama. I uh, went to school in Tennessee. I was married in Ohio. And I've been preaching in Michigan for nearly a half a century. And every day I pray, Lord, this is far enough north. I don't want to get any further north than this. And every day I pray that almost. But I was raised on a farm. And I learned some lessons on the farm. I mean some lessons that are taught in the Bible. I didn't know they were in the Bible then. You know, I learned from the great natural law of sowing and reaping. I learned that what you sow, what you plant, you're going to reap. You don't sow corn and reap oranges. You don't sow wheat and reap cotton. Now, this Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Not something else. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And I learned on the farm. I learned the hard way that whatsoever you put in the ground and sow, that you're going to reap. I came from a broken home. I have the most wonderful mother God ever put the breath of life in. But my vagabond, drunkard, gambling father 
broke my mother's heart and mine and my only brother's when I was seven years of age. And I was taken to the farm, and I was raised by my grandfather. My grandfather was the workingest man I ever saw. His name was William Martin Hargett. He had about a fifth-grade education. He knew more psychology than anybody I've ever known in my life. For instance, he said to my brother and I, when we went to the farm, and as we were growing up, he said more than once, he said, now boys, when you're through work today, you can go anywhere you want to tonight. Oh, we, when the first time we heard that, we said, isn't that great? We can go anywhere we want to tonight. But see, we got up at four o'clock in the morning. We worked until the sun went down and then kept working, milking cows, chopping wood, uh, running. Uh, we had running water. It running about 150 yards in the house. And you had to run and get it. And we worked till it was after dark. And I, I learned, when I get through doing what my granddaddy said, I don't want to go anywhere at night. I, I just want to get in that bed so I can be ready at 4 o'clock in the morning to get up again. But I remember one day, my dear old grandfather said to my brother and I, he, he gave us a bag of prime, uh, beautiful seed corn. He said, I want you to take it down to the new ground. Now, most of you folks don't know what a new ground is. You don't know whether you're saved or not unless you know what a new ground is. A new ground is a ground never been planted before. I mean, full of weeds and bushes and rocks and stumps. And you clear it out. Then you take a hole. You don't plant it with machinery. You dig a little hole and you put two seeds in it. And you dig another one. And it's hard work. And my grandfather said, boys, plant the new ground. And we took our hoes and a bag of seed corn and went down to the newly cleared new ground. And we began to dig the holes and sow the, put the corn in. And after a while, I said to my brother, you know, he just said, plant it. I believe we can short, we can kind of shortcut this situation. Let's dig a hole, put all the rest of the seed in it, and to take the empty bag back. And I know what he'll say. He'll say, did you plant it all? And we'll say, we planted it all. And sure enough, we got back to the house. My dear old granddaddy said, did you get it all done, boys? said, it's all planted. You know, about ten days to two weeks, my grandfather walking down the new ground. He saw the strangest natural phenomenon that I believe anyone could see. He saw in one place the size of the top of this pulpit or podium or whatever it is. He saw thousands of of little green shoots of corn coming up out of the ground. You know, he's a strange man. He didn't get mad all at once. He, he kind of got ready to get mad. And uh, if he was going to punish us boys, he'd never do it all at once. Uh, he'd wait about three days. In the meantime, he'd come along, slap you on the back. How you doing, John? Tom, that's the way to go. Good boy. But about three days later, one night, he called my brother and I into the back room of the old farmhouse. And I want to tell you, he put enough feeling in me about planting corn so that I never will do it that way again. But I learned something. 
You can cover it up with the ground. But it'll come up on you. That's a natural law. That's a law of nature. That God, the God of all nature, has instituted. But I want to tell you, there is a spiritual law that Jesus said, if you sow, you're going to reap. You know, a lot of folks are so concerned about reaping. I don't think we have to be so awfully concerned about reaping. If we'll get more concerned about sowing, because it's a sowing that leads to the reaping. And Jesus said, a man went forth to sow. And I want to tell you, a beautiful harvest doesn't just happen. And you and I are to do the sowing, and God will bring the harvest. Well, I read one time a farmer had a beautiful field of corn. And there came along one of these fellows that was a wonderful Christian, and he was a scientist. I think sometimes that's good. Sometimes I don't know how good it is. But he was a wonderful Christian, but he was a scientist. And so he wanted to explain to this farmer. Farmer worked. He'd plowed the soil. He'd gotten it ready to plant. He'd planted it. He'd weeded it. He'd hoed it. He'd plowed it. And the beautiful field of corn. And so the Christian, the scientist, said to the farmer, Now, you see, you, you, you might not understand it, but there's a law of germination. You put these seeds in the ground, and they die, so to speak, but they come up. He said it's God that sends the sun, and it's God that sends the rain, and it's God that puts nutrients in the soil, so this corn could grow so beautifully like you see it and you have it here today. That farmer didn't know much about all that germination business and nutrients in the ground. And he said to the Christian and the scientist, he said, you know, I wish you could have seen this field when God had it all by himself. I wish you could have seen it. And I want to tell you something, friend. There are a lot of people in, a, in our country tonight that say, just sit down and wait. If God wants it to happen, it'll happen. I don't believe that. I believe God has put men and women of God in this world to put seed in the ground and to sow. And when, when we sow, we can expect the God of all nature to bring fruit from our sowing. God won't do it by himself. Well, I, I get kind of put out sometimes. In fact, I plan to get mad during this sermon at least once. And uh, maybe this is a good time to do it. I get kind of aggravated at these people who say, well, uh, you don't have to try to win people of the Lord. Why, well, if somebody's going to get saved, they'll get saved. I don't believe that. You know, uh, when uh, uh, God said to Philip, go join yourself to that Ethiopian eunuch. He said, do you understand what you're reading? He's reading the John 3.16, the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. He said, do you understand it? He said, no, I need some man to guide me. God sent a man. Man didn't make the gospel. But God means for man to tell it and to spread it and to sow it. Wherever the sun doth his successive journeys run, God wants this seed sown around the world. 
But God, God doesn't do it without human agency. I hold in my hand and in my heart tonight the most wonderful book the world has ever known. God wrote this book. But He said to farmers and fishermen, to a physician and to people, He said, write what I tell you. God wrote this book, but He used the men to write it. Don't you tell me God will do it without us sowing and without our efforts. God never will. God uses human agency tonight. Why, one day the Lord said to a little Jewish maiden by the name of Mary, Mary, I want to borrow your body for nine months. And the greatest miracle the world has ever known, great is the mystery of godliness, God incarnate in the flesh. That's the greatest miracle the world will ever hear anything about. And God didn't do it without human agency. And I want to tell you, God doesn't build churches, and God doesn't build schools, and God doesn't save souls without using men and women whose hearts are in the matter of doing the work of God. A man went forth to sow, and some fell on good ground, and some on bad ground. You know, the Bible says, uh, they that they, he that goeth forth and weepeth uh, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Just as sure as I'm standing here tonight, if we sow the Word of God, we're going to reap from it. And I want to say to you tonight, I believe that's the only thing in the world worth sowing. That's what gets people saved. Someone said to Dwight L. Moody, I don't like the way you win souls. He said, how do you win them? Oh, the man said, I don't win them. Well, Dwight L. Moody said, I like my way better than your way. And I, I want to say to you, we need to get back to doing it God's way. God's way. There's no other way to do God's work except God's way that's set forth in the Word of God. So a man went forth to soul. He sold the Word of God. Now, if you read the explanation of the parable, for instance, in the book of Mark, I read these words, the sower soweth the Word. I mean the Word of God. God said to His people in the book of Leviticus, Thou shalt not sow mingled seed. Sow one seed. And that seed is the Bible. And there is no other seed. Being born again, not of corruptible things, but of incorruptible seed, the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever. You know, I thank God for life. Life is wonderful. The whole universe is filled with life. You can go and take a pile of dead leaves, and it looks like there's no life in them. A pile of dead straw, pour water on it. And what is called by biologists the infusoria, the tiniest little, little beings of life, will come wherever water is put. Uh, the infusoria, these little tiny beings, will be born by the millions. The whole universe is alive tonight with life. But there is no life like the life that's in the Word of God. Oh, the life-giving Word, the eternal fountain. The Lord said, that's what you're to sow. Oh, tonight, I pray God, if the Lord tarries, 
that God shall call men by the scores and the hundreds to go forth sowing and be trained in places like this Bible college that's being started here. I was out in the yard a few days ago. You know, some folks think preachers never work. I didn't almost anymore. I, I almost uh, just uh, go along and agree with folks. Uh, folks uh, think all preachers are rich. Fellows talking to me not long ago about how to make big money. I knew what he's going to get into. So I said, you ought to get in the ministry. That's where the big bucks are. And I was wondering then how I was going to live till Friday so I could uh, get my next paycheck. And you know, there are a lot of folks that think uh, Christians are not supposed to work. They just go around shouting, Hallelujah, Amen, praise the Lord, and wonderful things happen. Oh no, that's not the way it works. I started to say I was out working. And by the way, when you get my age, you'll start to say a lot of things and you'll forget what they were before you get through saying them. And you'll say a lot of things you never meant to say at all. And you forget a lot of things that you fully intended. You want to be sure to say you'll forget nearly every one of them. But you know, I, I like kind of, kind of like being abnormal. I don't have a full load of bricks. I know that. I, I'm, I'm about a half a bubble off center. But I like it. And I don't want anybody helping me to be normal. I like it the way it is. Why, when I'm preaching, ideas come through my mind like covers of birds flying back and forth. And I reach out and grab one every once in a while, and I never know what I have until I look at it. And this one just went going, went by a moment ago. I was out in my yard working a few nights ago in the, in the fly, my wife's flowers. And a man came along the sidewalk, and he said to me, uh, Brother Malone, could I talk to you a moment? I said, oh, please do. I've been working. I've been wanting to stop in place. Please talk, 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 talk. Talk all you want to. So he began to talk. He said, I just wanted to come by your house. I've never met you. But he said, I wanted to tell you something. He said, I was a nominal, what you might call a nominal believer. Those were his words. He said, I really didn't know what the new birth was all about. I was a baptized church member. And he said, when people say, you saved, and say yes. But these are his very words. He said, a few months ago, the Word of God came alive in my heart. And I'm a new man now. I said, talk some more. Keep on talking, talking. And you don't quit talking. I like what you're saying. And he went on to say, you and your wife, he said, been witnessing to my sister. He said... You never saw my sister get saved. said, you don't know what I'm about to tell you. But he said, my sister Betty had been saved. She'd become a Christian. And um, he said, what happened to Betty was, you sowed some seed in her heart. And the Word of God came alive. And he said, Betty is with me all the time in the house of God and serving the Lord. Well, that's what we need tonight. We need the Word of God to come alive in our hearts this night. Not just what we read and what we hear, but what we know God is doing in our hearts through the blessed Word of God. I remember years ago, I sowed some seed. And I, I didn't know what was happening. 
I was with those two or three preachers playing golf years ago. I gave up golf. The Lord convicted me. He convicted me my score was so bad that it's a shame for me to keep playing. So I just gave the whole thing up. But I played with some preachers, and there came a man riding a tractor across the golf course. He was the maintenance man for this big, beautiful, uh, green golf course. And I walked up to his tractor, and I had some tracks with me, and I handed Mr. Wright a gospel track. I never played at that place after that. I didn't play golf for years and years. And 15 years went by. One day the phone rang. And a lady said, this is Mrs. Wright. My dear husband's in the hospital. He's asked for you to come. I've had that message hundreds and hundreds of times. I usually know what it means. Somebody's near death's door. The, the wings of angels are hovering over them. They're about to go home. And they're sending for some preacher to come. And she said, I want you to come to the hospital. I said, I'll be there as soon as I can get in my car and come. And I went. And when I walked in, there was a sweet sight. There was this lovely white-haired lady, probably in her middle 60s. And here sat this very sick-looking and rather emaciated-looking man in a chair. She stood behind him with her loving, tender hands upon her husband's shoulders. And I walked in and I said, I'm Tom Malone. And you're Mrs. Wright and Mr. Wright. And they said, yes. I said, I'm glad for the privilege to come. And, Mr. and Mrs. Wright said to her husband, Now, honey, tell Brother Malone why you wanted him to come. And I was thinking, I'm going to get to lead this fellow to the Lord. And I, my heart was just rejoicing. But he started to speak. And his words were kindly slow. And he said, You won't remember it, he said. But 15 years ago, I was lost and without God. And he said, one day, you handed me a little pamphlet that told me how to be saved. He said, I put it in my pocket. I read it and I read it and I read it till I wore it out. But he said, in reading it, I found out how to be saved. And I've been saved. And he said, it's 15 years ago since I saw you first. And it's been 15 years before today. And he said, you gave me the gospel 15 years ago. And I want you to come here so I could tell you, I've been saved and I'm happy in the Lord. And looks like I'm going to heaven. And I said, thank God for the seed. There's nothing like this seed, the Word of God. Oh, tonight, hallelujah for the Bible. The blessed Word of God. A sower went forth to sow. And Jesus told how the seed fell. I'm not going to go into that tonight. Uh, someone has said some of it fell on hard-hearted soil. It fell by the wayside. Someone has said some of it fell on half-hearted. Uh, people didn't mean it. They didn't really believe in their heart. They gave a mental assent to the gospel, but were not born again. Someone has said some of it fell on half-hearted. And the thorns and the riches of this world choked them out. I want to say to you tonight, men and women, 
We need our minds on heavenly treasure more than upon earthly things. And some of it fell, Jesus said, on good soil. Thank God for that. I just believe Jesus said, if you sow, you're going to reap something. I sit in my office just a few days ago, and I hate to admit this to you. I really do. Because I preached for 50 years about Christians being the victim of circumstances. And I've talked so overpass about circumstances. I've said, spit on them. Kick them. Knock them out of the way. And I was sitting in my office, and I guess I was thinking negative. And I got depressed. And all of a sudden, and some of you are tonight, and I said to myself, no Christian ought to ever be depressed like I am. I better get out of here and go sow some seed and see if I can win some soul to Christ. I got in my car, no cards, no leading except the leading of God. I drove along the roads, the streets, and I saw a lady sitting on a front porch with two little children playing by her side. I pulled up in that driveway. There were a few steps to walk up to the house. As I walked up toward the house, and the lady sitting on the porch, nice lady, two beautiful children, I saw the tears streaming down her face. And I said, God's led me to the right place. There's some good soil here. And when I walked up to the lady, I said, I'm Brother Tom Malone. And the Lord sent me over here to talk to you today. And I said, you're you're weeping. Uh, Is your heart sad and heavy? She said, yes, preacher. I've been trying to pray. But she said, you can't pray without Jesus in your heart, can you? I said, no, you can't. But I can tell you, you can have Jesus in your heart. And in a few minutes, I had the wonderful joy and privilege to take a track out of my pocket. And sure, step by step, and she bowed her head and asked the Lord Jesus to save her. There was a man working over nearby there, and he recognized me as the preacher from the Langham Baptist Church. And when I finished praying, he was standing there, a workman, had on the workman's clothes and tools hanging around him. And he said, preacher, I saw you. And I saw you praying and talking, and I knew what was happening. I knew that somebody was being born into the family of God, and I wanted to be here when it happened. And he said, I just quit my work and came over to see it. Listen, what I'm saying to you tonight is this whole world is saying tonight, the Christians are, this generation is too hard. That's not true. The hardness is in the churches in America. And I want to tell you they're bleeding, wounded, broken, hungry hearts all over the world tonight waiting for somebody to come with a blessed seed, the Word of God. You know, Jesus said something I've been thinking about a lot lately. He said, Say not there four months, then cometh the harvest. He said, Lift up your eyes and look upon the fields They're white already under harvest. You know, Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. I want to ask you tonight, what would Paul, uh, Apollos have watered if Paul hadn't planted? We need some people tonight who are planting, sowing, 
the seed, the blessed eternal word of Almighty God. God said, some of it will fall on good soil and bring forth fruit. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, tonight, I pray you'll bless the hearts of all of us under this tent with the blessed truth that our calling is to sow the seed and your work is to bring the harvest. Oh, God, tonight, help us to be faithful. I pray you'll speak to our hearts tonight. None of us under this tent know, dear Lord, what tomorrow may bring forth. Thou hast said, Boast not thyself of tomorrow. No man knoweth what a day may bring forth. We may be sowing our last seeds, some of us under this tent tonight. Not just the old, but every man's life is one heartbeat from meeting God. Oh, Lord, tonight, speak to hearts. I pray you'll convict us about soul winning and revival and church building and teaching and sowing the Word of God. And Lord Jesus, tonight, stir our hearts. Help us to believe the days of blessing are not yesterday and gone, but they're now if we wait upon Thee. Oh, God, tonight, I pray You'll speak to hearts. If there's one here tonight unsaved, save that precious soul for whom Jesus died. Lord, if there's a Christian came here tonight, knowing in their heart they have a loved one that's lost and without God and without hope, Lord, may they not leave here until they covenant with the Holy Spirit of God. They're going to win that soul to Christ. Lord, if there's one here tonight, there's something between them and the Savior. May it be put aside. May it be put under the blood. Lord, help us tonight to make things right with Thee in every sense of the Word. And Lord, tonight, what a frightful thing. Drive it home to our hearts that when we sow, we're going to reap. It's wonderful when we sow right. But, oh, God, the man or woman that sows wrongly, help them to see they're going to reap too. And they're going to reap hell. And they're going to reap oh, misery and woe. And heartache and hardship. Bless and speak to hearts tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.